When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Your host, Julian Moss Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Believe it or not, we're finishing up the series Change Can't Live With It and Can't Live Without It today, believe it or not. I, I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out with the music and producing and writing and guests, and I'm having a ball, but it's like you have to do all these things at once, and it's really fun and challenging. So we're going on to Lesson 3 in this program, and I hope you had a chance to listen to Tuesday's special program that I did on the energy of love. It was exhilarating, to say the least. My guest and I, we didn't waste one last minute of that show with information. I was afraid we were not going to make it in the full time of the 30 minutes. It's like when we got started, my uh, interview with Kathy Baker, which we'll talk about in a minute, once we got started, man, we just kept flying through this. You know, and I started talking about the energy of love. And when you start talking about love to people, you have to be highly selective in what you say and how you present this subject. People carry such a high visceral reaction to just the mention of the word. Either they're totally bored with hearing about it because how much have we read about love and talk about it because it's fun to talk about, quite frankly, or the opposite is where people get so wounded from the past, they don't want to hear it. They totally tune you out. They don't want to know anything about it. And sadly, some of these people have even given up on trying to find love. This is why I choose this and review the topic of love from an energy point of view. And in some respects, I got ahead of myself again. I'm planning on presenting an entire series on energy because that is such a hot topic for people nowadays. And a lot of people have read some things about it, and some people, again, know nothing about it. But I never miss the chance to talk about love, and I thought it'd be best if we did it from an energy point of view. Now, if you've been listening to the shows, um, are we seeing a pattern here? 
You know, Dr. Dilling talked about destiny and that I talked about free will in uh, lesson two. And I'm deciding in my head, is it destiny that I talked about the energy of love before the series or was it my free will choice? Who knows? You know me. I don't really care either way. It was a great show. In Chapter 11 in my book, Beyond the Pews, I reference several people that have been crucial along the way and have left a lasting impression on my own story. One of those people in particular is Kathy Baker. She's the guest that I brought on Tuesday's show. And in Chapter 11 in my book, I include a very short story on how we found each other and eventually she became one of my significant teachers. You'll probably hear from her now and again on the show. She's a really good guest and I love listening to her. But did you notice her melodic tones in her voice? I swear, her voice has this soothing effect on people. Now, mind you, I've seen her speak to people before. And it's almost like the whole crowd just starts to let go and release. And they get into this really cute zone of purity. And it feels so good to be a part of it. I hope that came through with her the other day on Tuesday. It puts us in this tonic state if you listen long enough to her, and I've seen people do this. And one of her fortes is meditation, of course, and doing guided meditations um, with people on all plethora of ideas and topics. And her CDs, if you want to go back to her website, I know she said that she was going to do some more of those. So really check out her website. She gave me information um, the other day, and I will have it in the e-books and the lessons that I'll put up in the next couple weeks on my website and others. But they're over the top with these really calm suggestions. And it leaves a person with a sense of peace like no other I've had before. So I really suggest her work in private and public sessions. But before we move on with another subject, I want to go back and clarify a few points that were brought up on the show on Tuesday. Before the program, I always have a conversation with each guest off air. And I really want to discuss the interview. And in that conversation, I tell all of my guests they have the right to freely express their opinions as they see fit. I think that's only appropriate. But I also write out a few questions or guidelines of what I'd like to cover in the interview as well. So we cover both bases, what they want to say and what I want to get in the interview, of course. And, of course, I followed the same procedure with my friend Kat, as I call her, in the interview. During our pre-talk, she told me that the questions that I asked and wrote out for her sounded like a cross between Albert Einstein and Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Now, I don't know if you guys remember Ruth Westheimer, but she had a a radio show, and I think she had a television show for a while on psychological issues and, you know, mental health and all different kind of subjects, the same kind that we cover here. Uh, I guess I'm dating myself if you don't remember that. Anyway, always the teacher that Kat's been in my life, it kind of took me by surprise. 
so I've been thinking about that between Tuesday and today and when I was writing my show, and her assessment of who I am was really spot on there. Sometimes I do feel like I live in this world of duality. It's like two separate energies coming together to form Jillian, I suppose. I do have an aspect of the Albert Einstein effect, as she called it. I really do research and analyze all the subjects that I present to depth. I mean, that's one of the biggest assets I have is I enjoy researching and finding out new things. But I really believe this is the part of myself that keeps the topics that I present from toppling over into what I call woo-woo land. You know woo-woo land, that place where it just gets so over the top with energy and words and and ideologies that you can't really understand and, and it just kind of puts the mind in a fog. This part of myself really grounds it in real world terms that we can all understand and concepts that we can wrap our head around and understand. Now, the second part of the story that she said was the Dr. Ruth effect and my spiritual intuitive knowing. So you put those two aspects together, my educational background in psychology and my interest in the etheric topics like energy that I started talking about with love on Tuesday, and I really think that it blends nicely together to make this human element of change that's a little more soft. And, yes, I'm going to throw in a touch, just a little tidbit of the woo-woo. Because I love the woo-woo talk, the spiritual talk that people, you know, expands our mind. Because if you don't add a little of that little charisma here and there, it gets too technical. And quite frankly, for me, it gets super boring. So I have the ability and the luck, I suppose, to pull both of those worlds together, my spiritual world, my etheric side, and my intellectual and analytical side of myself to to present the topics at hand. So let's go back to the energy of love. Scientists have demonstrated for years that we are all matter. I hope that everybody's on that same plane. I hope everybody's at that place where we're all just created out of energy. And this energy is continuously rearranging itself over and over again. Since we're talking about the aspects of love, let's let's take that concept and apply it to love. Think of the first time you fell in love with someone. You probably were younger with very low expectations from the other person. You were just so enamored with them. And this kind of love is really heavy on the physical aspects of love rather than a more mature emotional and mental love. And there's very little soul feelings or energy exchange. And the energy exchange is probably just by accident. It's that raw kind of sexual, sensual attraction, chemistry at a physical level that we've all experienced. Well, in this aspect, we could label that as a lower frequency of love on the pyramid. And so remember, I started talking about that pyramid of energy of love on Tuesday. Go back and re-listen to it. Now, fast 
forward in your life, and I want you to take yourself to present day. Hopefully, we've all evolved to a more mature individual. We have lots of different kind of acquired experiences of what love is of all kinds in our day and age now. Love for children, love for partners, love for animals, and even love for nature. Hopefully, and I'm sure your expectations have expanded threefold since your very first love in young adulthood. Physical is always going to be there. I mean, that is a no-brainer for a lot of people. But once you pass that physical, as as a mature adult, you move into the love of the mental aspect of another person, the emotional aspects of another person. And hopefully, and more importantly, that soul growth in the energy of love. The soul part is probably the most important part of love for yourself and the love that you have at others. But I believe that people seem to kept, put that at the bottom of the list when they're looking for a soul partner or a soul friend or a soul connection with another human being or a person. I find that so odd because it should be the other way around. That soul connection and in the energy of love should be first and then the others will gradually follow. All these experiences, all these that I'm talking about, change your frequency, that energy of matter that I'm talking about, over time to a gradual higher level of love energy. I think people get too antsy. They want to move to the front of the line when it comes to love energy. They don't want to experience the pain. They don't want to feel what it feels like to get hurt. So they avoid those paths. But what you don't understand is that all of those experiences, the pleasures and the pain, gradually move us to a higher elevation of spiritual love that we were talking about. When you start doing this frequency change, something odd starts occurring. Those people that you were attracted to before don't seem as socially or spiritually attractive to you anymore. And the people that you overlooked while you were in this lower vibration, you may not have even seen them. I always tell people, they all, one of the questions people always ask me in my private sessions are, where's my soulmate? Where are they? And I tell them that if you're not doing your own vibrational work, doing all these experiences, always emotionally, spiritually, and mentally growing, and I put that person directly in front of you, eye to eye, face to face, If you haven't done your own work, you'll look straight through that human being. You won't even notice that person unless you both have the same kind of frequency and energy that attracts each other. So you have to be constantly moving and looking towards elevating yourself frequency in the energy of love. 
As I pointed out on Tuesday's program, the goal of this whole exercise is to reach that pinnacle of spiritual energy love, i.e., call it soulmate, call it spiritual mate, I don't care what you name it. But it's at the point in the top of that pyramid. It's there what signifies the unconditional love and awareness we're all looking for. Just keep in mind as we move forward this, it's a process. It will continue to be a process, my friends. This is not something you'll reach that pinnacle at the top of the pyramid. It takes a lifetime. So lesson three will include that diagram of the pyramid that I'm talking about and a longer version of the frequency chart that I've been discussing the last two days. We're going to include hints on there where you can find where you're at at the frequency layer. I'm going to give you a multiple choice section, answer these questions, and you are A, B, C, or D. And then I'm going to give suggestions on how to rise to the top of your spiritual love. Remember, those are going to be in the lesson ebooks that are going to be available in the next couple weeks. And, of course, you can find that on my website at www.jillianmossbackman.com or you can find it at Blog Talk Radio Change Already and take the links all the way back from there. After this short break, I want to talk about my intuitive thoughts for the year 2012, which I have labeled the year of buoyancy. We'll talk about that after this short break. Welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Before the break, I was talking about the next subject I want to go into, which is the year of buoyancy, year 2012. 
as we finish up this last series, I want to share with you a few of the intuitive visions I have for the future. Now, I told you in my very first show or second show, I can't remember, that I wasn't going to take any calls on air. But what I am willing to do is share some overviews of some intuitive visions and thoughts that I get as we go along from year to year and day to day. Now, I realize all the hoopla about this year, 2012, and believe me, I did several shows on it, and there was a gamut of craziness going on out there. Some of it was really reasonable, and then you had this way, way wacky woo-woo side (laughs) that I was talking about on the other end. You know, and I had to wade through all this stuff of what was real and what wasn't real. What I really found when I was investigating all that is that there is some kind of mystical presence in this year. Now, I have no idea how you interpret that or no idea of what bearing that's going to have. But I do have this feeling, this inner sense, that it's stirring up a lot of people's pots of potential earthly, spiritual, and political happenings. This energy that I feel is super dynamic, and it seems to be changing day to day as we work towards the end of the year. I really can feel that this is going to leave a lasting energy impression on the world as we know it today in a special way as it will be towards the end of this year. At the end of every year, I write two posts, and one post, blog post, is an exit post. It's an intuitive review for the year that we had just come out and just passed. And then the second one, the second post, is an intuitive overview for the year to come. I really started doing this a couple years ago because you have to have the full picture. Think about your own lives. You don't start and stop with each year. It's a building process. So in order to get that full ideology and picture of where we're going, you have to look at where we've come from. And in this case, it would be year 2011 into year 2012. Now, you have to read the ones that I've written in succession, meaning one right after the other. And, of course, those are posted on my website at uh, com, I detail my intuitive thoughts for 2012, and they were recently reviewed on my blog. And, my, and you can also find them both on the Times Up blog site that I, that I write for. But on my particular website, I have them listed back-to-back, so you don't have to go searching. But I believe the blog site for Times Up is the post for December. Look in December 2011 in their archives. I believe it's there. In my meditation, I I came up with the word year of buoyancy. Now, I don't have time here to go over everything I wrote in the article, but I want you each to go back and read the entirety because there's lots more to it. 2011 was a year of expansions and completions. Now, let me give you some examples of all over the globe that this was happening. 
human beings were uniting to bring down century-old oppressive dictatorships. We saw that particularly in Egypt. And what was what struck me so incredible about that was that they were regaining political sovereignty from just the soulful will of these people. Now, I bring this up because I want you to realize this trend is going to continue throughout this year. It's going to be the same kind of um, soulful will to people moving up to the forefront. But I have to caution you, the battles that they've had in the past last year are not going to be the same as they are in the future. They're not going to go down as easy before because there's much more at stake and the people are different leaders. So look for that to come. The other interesting fact that I saw last year is that we as Americans, because we're in America, the public forums were starting to establish outside in different areas as in new gateways for discussing social differences and really opening these gates to new resolutions for change. And the one that stuck in my head for all of that was the bully issue. I think we've come to the place where we're no longer going to tolerate that kind of behavior. And as you know, I wrote about that in the last chapter of my book. But now those are the global ones. I want you to think about your own situations in your own life. What examples can you add to this pile of expansion and completions of 2011? Now, 2011 was meant to prepare all of us for this buoyancy year, and this is the year of creative construction. It's going to be a year filled with lots of personal and global changes that are going to hit all levels and human aspect as we know it. Now, really notice that there's going to be an emphasis on spiritual and inward soul work. What's, what I find fascinating is that you can see this in the political world right now and what's going on with the Catholic Church and what's going on in the Republican Party, this whole essence of spiritual and God and higher power are at the top of the list. And this is a fascinating thing we should be watching. It's going to continue for the rest of this year. Now, with buoyancy, the word itself means a chance to stay above the waterline. Collectively, we've been through some tumultuous times, and we've basically had to bob and weave, all of us, through the hard hits and stay afloat at some level of satisfaction. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, see, I'm all excited. <laughs> anyway, what I found great about that, it didn't break the spirit of ourselves. If you look at your next-door neighbor, we're really starting as communities to celebrate and rejoice that we made it through. It wasn't pretty. Now, I'm not saying that we had to do it very well, but I'm saying we did it, and we're going to go higher from here. Now, the ancient writings are telling us that 2012 carries this mystic energy, and it's that soul energy that's going to bring us all to the top. And I want you all to grab on to that mystic energy out there. 
I'm forecasting for a lot of you, this should really be a new beginning for many of you in relationships, in jobs, in professional life, in in your personal life. Let your imagination go wild for once. Just really let you think outside of the box and let your meditation go wild with thoughts. Start to regroup and start thinking anew. I really want you to start in new ventures that you've been afraid of trying before. For many of you, this is writing or painting or boating or whatever calls to you. Really go do it in this year. This is the energetic year that supports that kind of creative endeavor. Now, I want you to go back and revere your New Year's resolutions and really take what I've just said to you. Do your New Year's resolutions support this kind of growing spurt? And if they don't encourage this supporting growing spurts, meaning are you trying new things on the list or are your New Year's resolutions the same old thing? I want you to revise those goals and reflect a more positive energy. Next week, I'm going to start our new topic, and we're going to be able to start a new, and I will get those books out. I am going to take Change Already, by the way, on the road to my next venue for the book event in Viva Bookstore in San Antonio. So I will let you know when that's going to be. It's going to be on March 6th at noon at my regular time, and I'll be on air live. I really want to talk to them um, about their independent bookstore, what's going on with books, and, of course, we'll talk about the venue that they're hosting from 2 to 4 p.m. later on in that afternoon. So please join me next week on air, on live, Blog Talk Radio. But remember, change doesn't have to be difficult but it is necessary to grow. See you on Tuesday. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.